the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we chat with author Deidre Maloney about her book, Unfold Me, about helping people deal with problems and issues in their lives. Here's Deidre. Hi, Deidre. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sherry. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to have you here. I'm excited to chat. Um, How are you? Um, Where are you in the world? (laughs) Well, I'm great, number one, and number two, I am in Ontario, Canada currently. That's where my home base is. Uh, Yeah, and it's beautiful weather in the summer here, so just actually sitting outside enjoying it right now. Oh, my only time in Canada was going to Toronto. I liked it. I loved it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we're just about an hour outside of Toronto, so. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, Well, we were in... uh, like a little tiny to me town in Ohio and going to a city again was joyous to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's exciting, right? Going to a big city. It's always exciting. Going to well, I was from LA. So going to a city was like like oh my god, finally a city. And yeah. and then it's a new city, one I'd never seen before, so all kinds of sights and my dad was he was actually going to work. But he uh, he made sure there was time to take us to different sites over the weekend before his business. And actually, uh, even though he was there on business, they uh, invited us to go see the plant. So we got a tour of the plant, too. So we got to go along for his business part, too. <laughs> oh, nice. That's fun. Yeah. Hey, when you're a kid, spending time with Dad at work, it's always a cool experience. Yeah, it was really cool. And, um, yeah, so, that, and I loved, I thought Toronto was really neat. I mean, I was a kid, so my memory yeah. of it is a child's memory, but I thought it was really cool. I, with the, you know, the, they had a great Chinatown, which we had in mm. L.A. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. But they had a castle, which we did not have. <laughs> oh, yes, Casa Loma. Uh-huh. That is a cool spot. It is such a cool spot. It, it was my yes. first time stepping onto a castle. I was, Aw, nice. <laughs> I was a romantic 10-year-old, so to me it was like, this is cool. <laughs> I'm glad you actually reminded me of that because I haven't taken my children there. Uh, so we, you're making me think of a nice uh, little day trip that we need to do. Oh, yeah. That's, it's a cool, well, it's a really nice place, whatever your age. But it's a cool thing for a kid, especially if it's a, a kid like me who was raised on fairy tales and you're in a castle. <laughs> yes, yes, because even the grounds outside are so beautiful, it's, right? Yeah, like, it's gorgeous, yeah. Really well-maintained and, and beautifully kept. And, and the furniture, well, when we were there, they had acquired most of the furniture back, except for two or three rooms. And even though the rooms were empty, it had all the paintings and murals and mm. the bags. So we were happy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. It's a cool, cool place. Definitely bring your kids. Yeah, 
Yeah, Toronto's, I'm sure it's grown a lot since you've been here. So. Oh, I know. And I'm sure it yeah. has. Yeah, I know it has. Yeah. It's been years and years and years and years and years and years. I'm an old lady now. <laughs> Young at heart, though. Yeah, I, um, I have a... I think in order to write or be creative in any way, you have to have a kid's imagination to keep that. Mm, I love that. Absolutely. The the wonder. I mean, I still act like a little kid if I go to an amusement park, which I haven't been for a while. Um, Oh, yay. You know, I mean, it's... this is something fun. Well, of course it's fun because it's an amusement park, but you know what I mean. You're yes. not supposed to feel that no, way when nice you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, keep that childhood wonder in your heart. I, I'm sort of the same, you know. My daughter wants to dance. I'll dance with her. I love going to the beach and playing in the sand and, you know, being in the water and just, yeah, like just kind of let go of the inhibitions, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, my my... My dad was like that. I mean, he let us bury him in the sand when we went to when we were um, kids. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was very playful like that. Um, mm. but, but it just uh, it you have to keep your little. I mean, it's a serious world we live in. The the only way to survive it is keeping your humor and your sense of wonder of the good stuff. Yes, it's great advice. Um, especially lately. Um, <laughs> True. Uh, uh, I are you go- I I don't know who is and who isn't. Are you guys still locked down? Um, we're opening up quite a bit now. Uh, so you know we're in restaurants and people are starting to go to functions. I'm actually participating in a race on Sunday, a triathlon. So things are starting to come back alive here, which is really nice. Um, it feels really good. Yeah, we well, we were. Um, San Diego's better off than Los Angeles. So the Delta variant is here, but it's not... LA's really got hit bad. So they're basically in lockdown again. Um, oh no! But San Diego, were I mean, they've pulled back a little bit. Like, even though, even if you're vaccinated, you should wear your mask. Blah blah blah. Protection stuff, which is good. But yes. but we're not like you're not uh, a lot. Some of the stuff like um, we we can go to a restaurant, you know, things like that are still open to us right now. Yeah, so it sounds like we're sort of in a similar situation. We're still masking, but things are open and restaurants and shopping and whatnot. So yeah. it feels a little bit normal. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's still not. I want to go to a theater. <laughs> yes, yes. I want to see a play. Yeah, well, wouldn't that be nice? That's what all I wanted to do for my birthday this year. Mm. And I didn't get to. No, well, let's hope for next year. I know. Yeah, yeah. But this one was a big one. There's always that. hope. This one was a big one. This year, it was a big birthday? Yeah. And how old did you turn? 60. Oh, wow. Look at you. 
Yeah. That is mighty fine. Good, good. And yeah. you're feeling good? Yeah, I'm fine. Other than allergies. Amazing. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you get uh, any type of celebration in, or did you keep it low-key? Um, not really. Uh, we bought a movie from, what do you call it, um, TV. Yeah? Where you buy, you know, you that you have to pay for, like, a movie that just came out. So we saw, yeah. We yeah, saw yeah. Wonder Woman 84, which I wanted to see because I like Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, and I found out she was in it. Um... And we had a nice dinner. My brother picked up Chinese food. It wasn't exciting, but it was all we could do. Yeah. We still were, a little something, though, right? Yeah, we were still completely locked down, so. It was the beginning oh, okay. of the year. It was the beginning yeah, of the year. Yeah, it's amazing so. how it's changed everything. Yeah. Just. Kind of weird. Sad. Totally weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, I try to just look at the positives that have come from it. You know, like if you if you really dig, you can find them. So I think, uh, yeah. But it'll be nice to go back to normal. I'm definitely ready for that. I read a lot of books. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it gave a lot of time for like that self care, right, and self reflection, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. I, I found that. Um, good that the slowing down like that forced slowing down I needed that because I'm a go 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 person I I put way too much on my plate all the time and when I was forced to slow down because there was nothing to do nowhere to go I realized like oh wow like I'm stressed out a lot of the time with all of these things I do so it kind of gave me a good time to reflect on you know, picking and choosing and that I don't have to do everything. I have that fear of missing out on something. That there's, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be this push all the time, that we can rest and relax. Mm-hmm. So that was a good lesson for me. I think we all needed it. Maybe yeah. it's part yeah. of the uh, world karma. Yeah, like a little reset, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically everybody was shut down. It was a good. Yeah. It was a good time for the animals. Yeah. I mean, the coolest. Oh God, yeah. The coolest <laughs> picture in 2020 is watching a lion pride happily walking down a road and not worried about trucks or cars running them over. Oh. I think it was Kenya yeah. or Nairobi. I don't remember. No poachers. No nothing, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and the oceans got better and the pollution disappeared mm-hmm. because we weren't polluting. <laughs> yeah, those pictures were really amazing when they showed the pollution lift after, like, at the beginning of the lockdown. I, that was just really amazing. It shows you how much humans uh, hurt the environment. Really, it does. It's, yeah, it's how much we consume and oh yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it makes me sort of sad that people forget animals are—they're part of this environment. They're just as important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all connected for sure. I love animals anyway. Like I said, I yeah. love watching those lions just proudly trudging down that road. It was just with their heads all held high and their tails wagging. Aww. <laughs> 
so beautiful. <laughs> and the kittens trying to fight with their parents. And <laughs> not kittens, with cubs. Cubs trying to fight with their parents. <laughs> yes, magnificent animals those are. They're so beautiful. Yeah, they really are majestic. I, and um, I also saw a thing about elephants. I, you, I don't know if you know, but elephants are uh, matriarchy. The, uh, the oldest ah. woman, of woman, female elephant runs the tribe. Okay, I'm not surprised by that, actually. And yeah. there's this really beautiful video of a baby elephant not able to cross the river. So her and her mother was very young and she was trying but she couldn't figure out how to help her baby. So yes. the aunts and grandmother all came to help her get the baby across. Oh, that's so beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah, they all huddle together and they support each other. Yeah, and um the sons are part of the tribe until they basically get into heat. Because then they they start doing trouble things, and basically yeah, yeah. Mom, mama or grandma or whoever is the head of the tribe has to throw the teenage boy out because he's causing the rest of them trouble. Oh, yeah, he gets the boot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can think of sometimes when that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But, but it's really, it's a fascinating thing. Um, I love, because animals are so smart. And if you yes. watch enough nature shows, you realize, and I'm talking about mammals in the ocean and, you know, like whales and yes. dolphins. They're they're mammals. They're like us. They have yes. brains like us, better than us. In fact, uh, I think yeah. dolphins and some of the whales have bigger brains than us. Yeah, it's so amazing and how they communicate with each other and yeah, they're brilliant. So we're we're supposed to be partners with all these beautiful creatures, not destroying or hunting them. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. Absolutely. That anyway, yeah. that's the way I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree 100%. Yeah, we learned so much from them. We can. I mean, it's like, it's it's something that we should, we should be learning. I mean, I think um, David Attenborough is a genius because not only does he bring uh, all these uh, wonderful information uh, documentaries about the different wildlife around the world, but he does it in such a charming, fun way that people don't even realize they're learning. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's amazing. I haven't watched um, anything of his that I know of. Uh, he did Blue Planet. Blue Planet about the ocean. No, I didn't see that. Oh, it's oh, great. It oh, I love it. There's this octopus that is adorable in it. What did he call it? <laughs> Squirt? Or, or I, I can't remember, but one of the there's um, he has a bunch of animal experts and a, the best photographers for wildlife in the world working for him, 
and uh, yeah. th- there was this uh, baby, this is an octopus or a squid? I think it was a baby squid, and a little squid, and a, 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 a shark, a, a cool water shark, and the shark was hunting the squid. And what he did was, the, he covered himself in shells. Wow. He, he literally made camouflage for himself. He covered himself from bottom of him to the top of him in shells. Oh, my gosh. So the shark, oh, don't they change colors, too? Yeah. I, 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 not They're all of them. They're capable of, like, blending in with their surroundings, I think. Yeah, but I don't know... All of them did. That's why I can't remember if it was a squid yeah. or an octopus. But this guy, this cute okay. little guy was brilliant. So the shark wow. came sniffing, and he, the, the smell of the shells confused him. And as soon as it was in an area that he could get away, he came out from all the shells and ran into, like, a tunnel underwater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That was too too tiny because he was a he just squeezed himself into it. Yes. It was yes. And the photographer goes, "Oh, I'm so glad. I really love. We all really love him. We were so worried he was going to get." <laughs> they were cheering for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I just I yeah they. It shows how bright they are. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at the octopus eye, like, it's very human-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just really amazing, too. Yeah, octopus... I find that interesting when you look into these different animals' eyes. Like, you know, a cow's eye looks very similar to a puppy. Yeah. A dog. And they're so yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah. But, yeah, an octopus and a squid, they're both very bright, but they're very short-lived. Oh, really? Yeah, I think they live like a year. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because I had seen it. Yeah, that is short. I had seen another show, and I think it was an octopus, where the it was a dad and his daughter. The dad was an oceanographer, and he was doing a study. But the daughter became very attached. She used to put her her hand into the tank, and I can't remember if it was octopus or squid, but he put his tentacle on her hand Aww. I mean it was every day it was, they were like buddies so when, when so, cute. so when he died when he, her father warned her you know they don't live long don't get attached Yeah. but she was I think she's like 12 or 13 and she, and she did of course so the saddest part was watching her realize that he was getting sick and old and but, yeah. But it was it was so sweet. I mean, and even when he wasn't feeling good, he still was putting his tentacle up to touch her, and sometimes Aww. he put it against the the tank. So, he, uh, he, and she would put her hand against the other yeah. side of the tank. It was just Aww. the sweetest thing. Yeah, to see the connection. It was just beautiful. Oh, I am a nut for documentaries. I love. <laughs> not just that's just what I, anything that interests me. Like I, lo- I love history. Um, I love I, I studied archaeology, so I watched a lot of stuff about archaeology. Um, doc, uh, uh, biographies of people that I don't know as always, or even people biographies. You find out stuff. You think people had these golden lives, and you realize when you watch a biography. And I found this out when I was a teenager. 
that they didn't. You know, everybody yeah. has problems. Everybody has yes. problems. Everyone's struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. We all we're all hurting, and that's one of the things when you go out into the world, right? You see these this quote that says like to be kind because you don't know what the other person is experiencing in their life. Exactly. And it's just so true that we're all stressed. We all have anxiety. We all have fears. And I think one of the problems is humans aren't very good at communicating. Oh, we talk a lot. And we have all these (laughs) devices to communicate. But you take your, and and it took me, I was reading a, a novel, and in the novel I realized this is the way everybody is. You take your experience and you put it on other people. So you mm-hmm. think that they're like you, and if they have a, a facial expression on their face that says something to you, you jump to a conclusion that may that, that person may not be thinking that at all. They may be uncomfortable, or they may have hurt themselves, and they're they're in pain. You don't know, but we're not yeah. very good. You know, instead of jumping to conclusions, open your mouth, say say something in a gentle way, not accusatory, but, mm-hmm. but in, you know, say, are you all right? You, that doesn't make yeah. anybody upset. If you ask them, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what are you thinking right now? <laughs> yeah. What's up? Is something yeah. wrong? You know? Yeah. You, you don't have to be nasty. You could just be concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And the problem is people get nasty instead of being concerned. Yes. And I, that's this is I'm not I'm talking about everybody. This is a world. This is a human thing. Yeah. Well, we take everything personal. Yeah. Right. We think everything's about us, but usually it has nothing to do with us. <laughs> and because of the way we are with internet and all the different uh, reality junk, and I'm sorry, I don't like reality TV. Apologies to everyone who does, but I don't. Um, no, I know. I'm with you on that one. Um, but because of all that, we think we understand what people are like because we see all this. We see people on Facebook Live and, you know, in Instagram Live, and we think we know who they are. But we really, nobody, even, I, I've known my brother his whole life because he's younger. I don't always know what he's thinking. No. No. Yeah, or how he's feeling, or... Yeah. Yeah, we we just assume so much a lot of the time, don't we? Yeah. I, I, I refuse to do that. But um, my first question, if, so, if he seems out of his normal, are you okay? What's up? Not, yes. why are you being a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, you're kind of asking him the same thing, but you're going to get two different responses, right? Yeah. <laughs> and usually it's because something happened or he's not yeah. feeling well. Um, you know? It, it, and like I said, and I know him really well, but I still don't know what he's thinking or feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So it took, yeah, it took me a, a long third. time to learn that one. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I think I was, yeah, I was 
must have been a woman, like in my 30s, when I figured that out. Yeah, that's what I, I'd say late 30s for me. I mean, I'm only 41, so I've just learned that within the last few years. But, yeah, it takes a while to really understand that communication piece in relationships and how important it is to, you know, how we what what's coming out of our mouths, like you said. How are you going to ask this question to get the response from the person that you actually want, right? That's exactly it. That's my point. And also, but the response you want is really what's causing all the craziness. Mm-hmm. Having some, wanting people to respond the way you want them to respond. You're not going to get that. Everybody's different. No. Everybody's feelings are different. Everybody's culturally mm-hmm. different. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But what you want is, like, the truth, right? Is the real, right? Whether it's good or bad or whatever. Yeah. You just want their truth. Right. Well, right? You know, if That's can what also, you're speaking. If, if you can help them. Is there something I can do? Yeah. I really believe that is underneath it. But we put so much other stuff. And I know this is going to sound weird. I was reading a murder mystery. And this is where this came from. And it was like epiphany. I was reading a murder mystery, and the lead character was at a dinner party with another person that hardly knew him at all. And she was saying, thinking that she was he was mistreating his wife. And but because I had been reading the mysteries, I knew that that was wrong. Uh, mm. He wasn't mistreating his wife. She put her own background, her own feelings about, it was about work, and uh, he was saying, no, no, you don't apply to me about that, you apply to her directly. Well, he was saying, she was thinking, he was saying, oh, it's, uh, you know, I, that's beyond my, important to me, I don't care about it, you, uh, that he was being a sneering snob and all that. Really, he wasn't. He was giving his wife uh, respect and saying her work is her work and you shouldn't be asking me about it. Mm, but it's interesting yeah. you read that and you real you know this because you've you've read it, the series of mysteries. But then you realize this is going on. This is real. I mean she kept excuse me. She captured something here. You know, that's that's part of the problem of communication between humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the assumptions we make. And and I thought that's when I that's when I learned my lesson. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, it's really quite interesting to realize how many assumptions we make about other human beings based on our our own lives, which is really not fair. Yes. Yeah, we we are seeing things through our lens, right? Through our whatever traumas we've experienced, whatever joys we've experienced. Yeah, we're viewing a lot through our own perspective. And projecting it on other people. Absolutely projecting it. And I think as a writer, and I think you'll agree with me, that when you're writing, you have to be open to that interpretation. You can't yes. just 
you know, you can't force a character down the public throat. You have to make it clear who that person is. You can have the clash, like this author I'm talking about, but you, it has to be clear to the reader. Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So and uh, to give that opportunity for them to see it through another lens, right? It opened my eyes. It opened my eyes up. So, yeah, absolutely. You learn when you're reading a novel. People don't realize that. Oh, a novel's just relaxation. Uh-uh. It's teaching you. Yes. Just like any other yeah, book. Yeah, I love... I loved getting lost in books. Me too. I just... That, if I think back to my childhood, I just spent so much time, you know, reading and just just loving it. Just loving getting lost in those worlds and those characters. Did you have a favorite book? Oh, there was a series, and I, I just can't think of it right now. You know, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I read the entire series, but it must have been around 11. And honestly, I just cannot uh, think of it. Can you remember the characters? My mom used to read to me. No, my mom used to read to me a lot, too. You know, when I was just even six years old, she would uh, read me the novels, um, Little House on the Prairie. She would read those to me and my brother. We would do, like, a chapter a night. And uh, she really instilled the love of reading uh, into me. She's an avid reader, and uh, so I really appreciate that about her. Like, I think that was a real gift that she gave me. I can relate. My dad was like that. He loved to. He, he loved to read. He loved. Yeah. He was a voracious reader, and I mean, the man read five, six books a week. I mean, voracious. Worked full time, raised a family, and read every chance he got. Um, oh, I don't know nice. how he did it. I mean, he, uh, he and I would get a book at the same time, like say the Da Vinci Code, which is a complex book, and yes. he'd be finished with it three days. And I'd still be, where are you? He'd be going, where are you? So I want to talk to you about this part. Are you there yet? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Did your mom love to share? My dad loved to share. No, my mom was a really closed-off person, actually. Um, we didn't have a lot, a, a strong emotional bond. She, you know, was a good mother in that she took good care of our basic needs like you know the house was clean we were well taken care of um, but we didn't really have an emotional connection and I think she experienced a lot of trauma as a child and she just wasn't able to open herself up like that so for us you know the connection came through reading and cooking she loved to cook and she shared she, I took that passion on as well and I actually have a cookbook that I just published so um, I can see you know, the things that I'm really interested in now, how it kind of ties back to my mother. That's interesting. And some of what we shared, yeah. Did you dedicate it to your mom? Uh, I didn't do a dedication on the cookbook, um, but if I had to dedicate it to someone, it would be to my mother for sure. She definitely um, sparked that love of food for me. That love of cooking and, and trying new things. She was always... You know, into, like, let's try a Mexican dish. Let's try cooking Indian food. Like, she was just um, very curious and, and willing to willing to try new things. So, 
I yeah, love that was that. definitely a gift she passed along. Yeah, my mom loved to cook. She also loved movies. I got my love of reading from my dad and my love of movies from my mom. Mm. <laughs> I, you guys watched a lot of movies together? Oh, yeah. When I when I came home from school, there was a movie called the 3.30 Afternoon Movie. And it was always classic films. And my mom would come, come on, Carrie, it's Cary Grant, or it's Carol Lombard, or it's Grace Kelly. Come sit with me and watch it. Oh, that's so nice. That was our we time. Have such fond memories, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we both. It's so funny. I mean, Cary Grant would have been old enough to be my grandfather, maybe my great grandfather. He was pretty old when I was a kid, but I had the same crush my mother did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, isn't that funny? <laughs> it is, and it just it really. It, uh, and also um, actors from television shows like Bill Shatner. I had a crush on him. He was my dad's age. Yeah. He is my my dad's gone now, but he's my dad's age. Yes, yes, yes. I never was Aww. for the teeny boppers. No. I I say I was a little bit of a teeny bopper <laughs> for sure. So I I was probably I would say I was a te- into the teeny bopper. I was really into music, and you know when I was a little girl, New Kids on the Block was the big thing. And I remember just having the biggest crush on Donnie, and you know thinking that I actually had a chance to marry this person. And it's just funny. It reminds me like you know as a child, our imaginations can just be so big that you know we we have these grand possibilities in our mind. And looking back at that. You know, it kind of makes me giggle to think this 11-year-old thought that this boy 10 years older than her who's completely famous <laughs> could actually be her husband one day. Um, but, yeah, I, I had a lot of little crushes like that. But he was probably my biggest one that I can remember as a kid. I think mine was David Cassidy. Oh. Yeah, I had a huge <laughs> nice. crush on him. Yeah. I, th- I thought my f- girlfriends were uh, Michael Jackson and... Donny Osmond and I liked them a lot, but my crush was oh, yeah. David Cassidy. Oh, <laughs> nice! Yeah, Donny Osmond, he's cutie. He was. I mean, he still <laughs> is cute. It's amazing. He really looks good. He's older than me, and he looks really good. <laughs> yeah, he aged well. He did. Not everybody ages well, so he should have. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes you see these like super, you know, attractive people, you know, that are in Hollywood when they're young and then has to see them have age, have some, you know, age really well and others maybe not so much, but yeah, it's, it's curious to see that. Well, it's all genes, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because Marie looks damn good. Yes, absolutely she does. I think it's just a family thing. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like a good family gene. Yeah. Um. So... I really weird transition. Um, I just want to hear about your book. Yeah. Okay. So, well, Unfold Me is the name of the book. And it's a memoir. And also I like to treat it as a self-help book. So I wrote it to help other people, you know, drop kind of the shame of their past and maybe what their story has been in the past. Um, I experienced a lot of trauma, addiction, 
um, you know, dysfunction in the family, and I carried a lot of shame over these things um, throughout the years. Uh, especially, you know, at 16, I was lured into um, sex trafficking, and that was probably the thing that I held the most shame about. And I didn't really start to heal from all of this until I was in my mid-30s after having a complete breakdown. And I decided that once I was healthy-minded, that I needed to write this book, I needed to write the story to kind of be the voice for other people that may have similar experiences and are hiding or feeling shameful. Because uh, I know so many are out there and they don't feel like they have a voice or an opportunity to kind of be their whole selves. And I think accepting ourselves for some of the terrible mistakes we may have made is really a part of being a wholehearted person that if, if we try to avoid or push down the negative things that have happened in our lives, um, we can't truly be wholehearted people. And so I thought I'll write this book and I'll show other people that are struggling or suffering that, you know, you can still be accepted and you can still find love and you can still live a happy life even though you've made some serious mistakes. And um, hopefully to just shine some light on that and mental health and addiction, you know, especially I know a lot of that stuff is coming out right now, you know, with COVID, people with isolation, you know, things from the past are going to come present or addictions are going to be amplified. I mean, my addictions were specifically with drugs and sex, uh, but, um, you know, we all have addictions and coping skills, whether it's shopping or gambling or, you know, we all have these things that we lean on to help us cope. And um, so the book is really written for anyone who's experienced life because we've all had hard times. So I think anybody reading it um, will be able to see a, a piece of themselves in in the story. And uh, hopefully, my hope is that in seeing or reading um, my story of how I was able to finally come to accept myself, that uh, maybe they'll see the possibility that it's there for them as well. Wow. And is this book, uh, you said it was a self-help book, so... Is, it, is there a section of it where people can, like, help themselves? Or is there, like, uh, phone numbers where they can call? Or how, what is the guidance? Yeah. Of? Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't give a specific guide. I would say the last three chapters um, really go through my healing process and the different activities um, that I did to you know, really help heal myself. That would include yoga, exercise, meditation, um, herbal medicine, uh, therapy, group therapy. Um, so just, you know, I go through how I use each of these to help me move forward and to help me heal. Uh, you know, breath work. There's just so many things. And if we can find something that works for us and get in touch and I, I think it's all about just getting in touch with your inner self right connecting with yourself connecting with the inner child right we were talking about that earlier how important it is to stay playful and I think a lot of us have a damaged inner child and we don't allow that child to come out so how do we heal the inner child how do we soothe the inner child well for me I think um finding activities that are fun, right? So I'm involved in triathlon, so I swim, bike, run. Well, most kids enjoy at least one of those things, right? right. When we're little, we run around, 
Most kids love to ride a bike, you know, go swimming, even if you're just splashing in the water. So, you know, I do those things now on a regular basis, and I think that kind of keeps that child, inner child in me happy, right, and, and nourishes that inner child. Um, so there's not necessarily a guide, but it definitely, I, I share all the tips that have helped me get through it, and, you know, hopefully, I well, I already know that it's helped many people that have read the story and have reached out to me. Um, so I think that it would be really helpful for most people. It, it's a great book about healing and transformation. Cool. Um, is it out now? Yes. So it's available on Amazon and also on my website, which is dmaloney, D-E-E-M-A-L-O-N-E-Y.com. Great. Um, we're coming to the end, and... Um, could you give your social media so people can say hi, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever? Yeah, so Instagram is at Deirdre Maloney, so at D-E-I-R-D-R-E-M-A-L-O-N-E-Y underscore. And Facebook is uh, Deirdre Maloney 01. Um, I also have a blog, which you can get from get to through the... Um, my website, thedmaloney.com. I have a great Facebook group too, actually, uh, about fitness and healthy lifestyle. Um, so we do, you know, talk a little bit about mindset, healthy eating, exercise. So it's a great group for anyone that's looking to make some positive changes in their life. And it's called Wellness From Within on Facebook. Terrific. Um, and could you repeat your uh, website again just so everybody has it? Yeah, it's D E E. M-A-L-O-N-E-Y dot com. Okay. And do you have any uh, events or virtual events like signings or, or just talks or um, conventions or anything? No, we don't have anything coming up right now. Not at this time. Okay. Um, DJ, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thank you.